Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. We're back. Cross-border, Carl. Number four. We're talking about airports. Hey, Carl, how you doing? <laughs> good, buddy. How you doing? Very good. Now, we had a big conversation off air about Hong Kong Airport, and <laughs> let's uh, bring the listeners in on, on board with this, because it's coming up now, isn't it? It's on the, yeah. on the agenda. We're going to hook up at Hong Kong International Airport. Love that airport. When are you, so you're going to head in early April, right? So let's talk a little bit yep. about this. What's going on? Yeah. Headed, headed in early April for, for one of the most exciting conferences I, I get the chance to speak at um, each year and honestly, one of the best in, in Hong Kong. But first, I got to say, Hong Kong International Airport is unreal. It's such a nice airport. It's yeah. enormous. Uh, I have, I've had to wander it at like 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning for flight delays. But it is so much fun of an airport. Uh, just a little side note. Have you stayed at the hotel there? I have not, but I cannot say I have not slept right. at, in actual airports. Right, right. Uh, well, there's a whole before. website d- dedicated to that, sleepingatairports.com, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, I, you know, I, I had an employee who, who got stuck in, um, in an airport in uh, Beijing during typhoon season. Uh, really bad weather, and they were stuck there for almost two days, and the entire airport was locked down. Wow. Uh, and they, yeah, they couldn't leave, and they had to stay, and... Uh, that was not fun for them. But uh, for us, it's going to be a ton of fun because <laughs> yeah. we are going to meet up in Hong, Hong Kong. Kong what's, the, what's the conference you're coming over for? Yeah, so I'm coming over for the Global Sources Startup Launchpad Conference. Right. Right. So for those who don't know, uh, Global Sources twice a year puts on the largest trade show in all of, of Asia. Um, brings about 60,000 plus people all around manufacturing, retail, buyers, suppliers. Uh, and a couple of years ago, they kicked off this conference for startups. Um, and it has continued to evolve. It's a part of the big show, big trade show. Uh, it draws a couple thousand plus people. There's over 200 companies exhibiting this year, um, all startups from around the world who are coming to show their products, meet with buyers, and learn from experts around the world who are brought to this conference to share their insights. So this year we've got a four-day show um, that we'll be talking all about the ups and downs of building a business, um, building a business in Asia, to fundraising, to you know going to markets, uh, building a hardware product versus a software product. And then we have an investor forum uh, where we're going to have investors along with government talking a little bit about um, how to continue to help mature the venture capital markets and investment markets throughout Asia um, and what ideas we can all talk about and and execute on and how we can all help the ecosystem as a whole. Um, There's a pitch competition for startups. It's it's a ton of things. So Mm -hmm. I'm going this this year uh, to speak uh, at the investor forum, um, talking a lot about what's happening um, cross-border with the venture markets and investment. And then I'll be moderating a panel with some awesome, awesome people from Asia, including uh, we got SOSV, mm. um, which are the who, who parents from. Uh, so we have Duncan, Duncan right. Turner, mm. um, who is from Hackcelerator. Mm-hmm. And then um, we also will have someone from PCH, uh, international as well, and, and Highway One, so their accelerator. 
uh, and a handful of others. And we're going to be talking about the roadblocks and kind of the do's and don'ts when when building a cross-border business. Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. Wow. That's Uh, a a proper expo as well. Four or five days, is it? I mean, what do you uh, miss that? So it's four days. Those are full-on experiences. I mean, if you're there for the four four days, you know, those okay. can, at the end of it, you are completely burnt out because there's often late nights and early starts and you don't actually get a lot of downtime, do you? It's a lot of full-on networking. Yeah, it's nonstop. And I'll tell you, the, the companies that get a chance to demo uh, at this event, I mean, you're seeing a ton of people. Uh, you've got, you're surrounded by buyers. You're surrounded by... You know, potential investors and distributors, you know, retailers who are coming around. It's just, it's nonstop. Mm. Um, you know, the best way to compare it is similar to what uh, CES has created in Las Vegas called Eureka Park. Same kind of thing, but, but more focused in, in Asia. Um, and it has content, which mm. Eureka Park generally uh, is just starting to do. So it's yeah. pretty awesome. I'm excited. Good for you. And I always find, I mean, I used to do the, the Mobile World Congresses in Barcelona, which mm-hmm. were four or five day, you know, oh well, it, often yeah. you go there for the, the five days because people would fly in on Sunday, leave on the Thursday, maybe even stay to Friday. And I, I don't think I ate for like four or five days. I just forgot. It was just so busy. <laughs> like you're, you're fired up on coffee. You're like, you know, you don't get time. You've got to, every time you want to go and get something to eat, there's big long lines. You think, oh, screw that. I'll come back. So for like four or five days, you come back and my wife is like, what happened to you? I'm like, you know, 10 kilos lighter. It's insane. <laughs> well, you know, on that note, you know, we're, we're just coming off the tail end of South by Southwest in, in Austin, uh, which I've attended in the past, uh, which is a big, you know, film, music, and, and now uh, technology or innovation uh, conference here in the U.S. And same thing. Uh, it's the same type of conference and experience. And honestly... That's how I feel when I go to Asia. I am just nonstop. I hit the ground at the airport. And I'm like, okay, I got to meet with Graham. Yeah. Uh, I got my first morning meeting. And then as I've got to get you to arrive, town. He hasn't even got out of the airport. And he's got a meeting. I haven't even got, yeah, I haven't even gotten out of the airport. I already have a meeting, figure out where I'm going, which direction. And then it's go, 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 um, which just shows the pace and the energy yeah. that happens the moment you hit the ground in Asia. Yeah. It's unreal. On relentless. Unreal. So yep. let, let's put this into perspective. So the listeners don't know what the plan is. You're you're coming from. Are you flying from San Francisco, LAX? Where do you fly from? Yeah. So I'll fly uh, from SFO um, into into Hong Kong. Right. Um, and then I will meet you for breakfast. Yeah. Uh, and coffee. Who's breakfast? It's not. It could be like dinner time for you, right? Oh yeah. So that will definitely be dinner. Uh, maybe it's more like a two a.m. dinner. Right. Uh, at that point, right? Like. In, terms of the time change but. you have to address address adjust so you're coming in from <laughs> san francisco to hong kong i'm coming from yes. tokyo i'm flying from Canada to hong kong transfer and i'm heading to thailand so yeah but this is kind of it was just bizarre timing wise that you happen to be there at that time because i was flying to thailand at that time as well so hong kong just happened to be very convenient so this will be our our first meeting offline in hong kong yeah. airport it's going to be fun, but hopefully we don't awesome. get stuck at, you know, that, that movie airport, was it Tom Hanks? Where is it? He lives, <laughs> he lives in an airport, doesn't he? I can't remember yeah. what the, the plot is. Yeah. That's, 
That's a, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I have spent a lot of time in airports and specifically Hong Kong um, and have not yet taken up residency at the airport <laughs> yet, but still time. Tempting. Still time. I, you know, this is the thing. A lot of visitors from outside of Asia are, are just stunned by the, the airports in Asia because Hong Kong's one example. There are many, many five-star airports. Singapore is obviously, you know, like oh my oh, gosh, I think it's yep. the gold standard of airports. You can actually, you could actually live in that place. I mean, you talk, you joke about residency, but Singapore Changi Airport is just phenomenal. It's so comfortable. And then you've got Kuala Lumpur Airport, which is it's a beautiful airport. It's not as big as Singapore. Even Hanada Airport here in Tokyo gets very good ratings. I don't particularly think it's an amazing airport, but you can take those three. Hong Kong, Singapore, and Kuala Lumpur, those are fantastic airports. And you, then you sort of fly back to Europe or America, and it's like, wow, it's totally different here. It's like from a different century flying into the airport here. There's like queues of hundreds of people. Oh, my gosh, yeah. There's like people walking around with like uniforms half hanging off and, you know, <laughs> buttons hanging off their uniforms and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's just funny because you, you definitely – you go to these airports, and, and I got a funny story about one in, in – the one in Shanghai in a minute, but you go to these, these airports and internationally, and they are so robust. And, you know, you look at the one in Asia specifically, they, they have people flow figured out where you are just, you get there in and out easily. You can, you know, uh, get from the airport to the city very quickly. You can uh, be accommodated if you're delayed you know, they all have these things where if you look at some of the airports in, in other places around the world, and I'll hit, I'll hit on a, the U.S. for a minute, it's not the same. It's, it's an experience to just get in and travel. Whereas in Asia, and, and I've seen a few of these in Europe as well, it's more about an experience like, hey, we know you're traveling. Don't worry. You, you know, whether you're first timer, you're a world traveler, you are somewhere in between, you're going to have kind of a nice time. You know, there's some amenities, it'll be okay. Um, and it's more built around an experience. Mm. Um, except for Shanghai, which if you land at 1.30 in the morning in Shanghai, just know that the terminals are about a mile or two apart. And wow. you will be walking forever yeah. <laughs> with no one else in the airport, uh, which happened to me. And I had never been to Shanghai before. Was like, oh well, I read I could take the ta- the 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 rail to the city to this place to this place. Turns out it doesn't run that time. I walked all the way through one terminal to find out it didn't run to turn all the way around to walk back. Uh, wow. So if you got your Fitbit, yeah. or your, you're gonna you're gonna nail your step count for that day. Records will fall that day. Right? Records will fall. Pudong <laughs> yeah. Airport, yeah, that's pretty insane. I mean, I, I think that that's sort of progressing. I mean, that that's got a you know, that's such a busy airport as well, especially when you sort of catch all the tourists coming back from Asia. Oh, you know, yeah. That flight, you, you just land, you know, five minutes before the flight from Bangkok, you are in trouble. Yeah. Because, you know, they'll all come off the flight with their boxes, you know, their cardboard boxes of stuff. Yeah. Well, and what's, what's crazy is this, is, so this is, this is actually um, kind of an interesting phenomenon. So what's happening with airports uh, right now on a, on a global scale is, one, uh, the airports themselves, if they don't already have an innovation officer, are starting to put that position in place because they want to turn airports into smart airports. 
you know, smart locations that can mm. help navigate you through, provide you a better experience, no matter what type of flyer you are or where you're coming from, et cetera. Because so many people are now starting to travel into Asia yeah. and into certain locations, airports are having to, are congested. I mean, Beijing is about, I think it's Beijing, is about to become the largest airport um, with an additional runway to the already a massive amount of runways they have. Hong Kong is, is about to put in their third runway, wow. which will exponentially increase the amount of planes and cargo. And how this plays into our world and, and the theme that we continue to talk about is this is showing a shift, truly, in how people are doing business. Mm. Is it's yes, we all are traveling and people want to travel for for um, work or excuse me for pleasure, but these types of moves are happening because more people are traveling and more people are doing business outside of their hometown, mm. um, and there has to be an accommodation for that. Mm. Um, more daily flights. Yeah, when, when you have choice, it's th there are countries in the world which you won't travel to, or you you maybe think twice because. It's just such a hassle to get in and out of the airport, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I won't name them because I'll get flamed because <laughs> there, there are countries and some of them are, you know, business-wise are great countries, but it's just so much trouble. But then, you know, when you were flying to Hong Kong or Singapore, it's just like, you're through in five minutes. It's like, wow. Yeah, and, I, and I'll, be, I'll be fairly very transparent. I personally am in love with the Hong Kong airport. I will speak highly of it all day. I just personally love it. But um, you're right. I mean, I think... You know, as as we as this world of business starts to mature, and China, India, you know, some of the emerging markets around Southeast Asia really start to gain even more momentum, you're going to see more people traveling. You're going to see more of these things start to shift to build good quality experiences, so that when you are traveling, you're happy. You know, yeah. when you do land, the connected airport will say, you know, welcome, Kyle. Um, your Uber has, or your Didi has just arrived or will be arriving in 10 minutes as, you know, the system inside knows that it's going to take you at least five minutes to walk from that gate out to the door mm -hmm. or, you know, hi Graham, you have a delay. And by the way, with your delay, we offer you 10% off at said restaurant. Um, you know, please join us. Um, that stuff's coming. And I think that's something that's really cool about what's happening um, because of, the experiences that we're, we're requiring, but also just, again, innovation and, and business. Right. I mean, talk a little bit about the experience side of things. Is that Have you ever, I mean, you haven't stayed in an airport yet, but what about, I mean, I spent a, quite a bit of time traveling around the world with a backpack for business back in yeah. the day when I was doing mobile youth, flying all over the world and talking about young people and mobile phones. And uh, I made it a challenge that I could live four weeks doing business with a, just a carry-on case. It really was like, the, you know, the I had to check all the airline carry-on measurements and so on. So I had exactly the one which would fit every single airline, which is not easy because they're all different. So mm -hmm. I, I thought, well, you know, some places I would, I would fly to an airport, have a meeting and fly out the same day. So I had to sort of work out, well, you know, I'm going to have to shower. <laughs> yes. So I had to work all that out, all the logistics. Have you, have you sort of got into that sort of side of things? Are you sort of, you know, are you sort of all based at the hotel? Have you ever got into showering at an airport? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have, 
and this is something I'm, I'm, I'm actually proud of. I, I, I love <laughs> figuring out these tiny little things, uh, just like you. So I have mastered that game. And it's funny oh, because right. for a while, actually, the, the basic amenities that were available to me just didn't click. Like, oh, you can go to a lounge and shower. I was like, oh, I didn't realize I could actually do that. And all of a sudden, one day it clicked and everything fell into place. Right. Where, yeah, it's, you know, uh, the, the kind of master, the, the mastery is like, all right, uh, I'm going to land at this time. My first meeting, I need to have this much padding. I'm going to bring a carry-on so that I can do this and not have to worry about picking up luggage. It'll take me this time to walk from uh, the gate to said lounge or you know said um, place where I can shower and I can get rest. And a lot of airports have arrival lounges and depending on your credit cards or um, other you know, memberships or even you can pay to get into them, yeah. which is perfect. You can do business, do early morning meetings, and then take your time to get into the city. Um, to, yeah, figuring out that whole plan. And what I like to do now when I, when I travel when possible is fly overnight, land in the morning, so that I land early enough where I can take care of anything I needed to um, that came from uh, while I was on the plane. Um, sort out my day, freshen up, get ready, and then move out and, mm. and start going about the airport. And it took me a little bit of time, which sounds crazy, but to, to master that, yeah. So it's, it's a night flight from San Francisco? Did you, you leave oh, yeah. quite late? What time would that yes. be? Usually, uh, so <laughs> I can get real specifics with you. Uh, but you know, this is a podcast, so we don't need to get into those specifics. But uh, it's, it's about uh, somewhere between, uh, midnight and one thirty in the morning. Right. Um, I've done the flight so many times I can tell you the exact hours and times right. that they fly. But, uh, but it's like one of those weird ones where you, cause you're in San Francisco and you're flying into Asia, you sort of leave on a Thursday and you arrive on a Saturday or something like that. How does that work? Is it? Yeah. So you lose a day. Right. Um, so typically what I like to do is fly over the weekend. So I land, I lose a weekend day. Yeah. Uh, but I land on a Monday morning and so I'm, I'm active. Um, but the best part is when you fly back specifically to the U S right. you stay within the day. Yeah. So if you're on a Friday, you arrive back on a Friday and you're like, cool, I got the whole weekend. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're traveling a week, you, you still have that time. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's an overnight flight generally. Um, usually is the best. They have day flights, um, which are good, but it just depends on your schedule for me personally. Um, I like to hit the ground running, like I said, and that way I can meet friends like you, um, in the morning, get my day settled and then kind of go to work and really get things started. Yeah. Are you, uh, I mean, do you adjust to the time zone differences? Cause it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? With West coast to Asia would be, well, you're sort of, uh, how would it be 11 hours behind or something? I can't work it out in my 15. head. 15. 15. Yeah. I mean, exactly. That sort of, that one I try and sort of struggle a little bit with because if you're 50, if you're going 15 hours ahead, if you let, what would be dinner time for you in the West coast would be what in sort of breakfast in the, I can't work it out. Yeah. Late, late breakfast. So yeah. So it depends with, you know, this great thing of daylight savings time. So we were just 16 hours. Now we're back to 15. Right. Um, so when the day is ending in San Francisco, the day is essentially starting in, um, in uh, Asia, or if you're in New York, just for easy um, ideas, uh, if you're in New York, you're 12 hours. 
Right. So well, that's easy enough. Right. Even, right? Yeah. It's complete flip flop. So, um, yeah, for me, honestly, you know, it, I don't have a problem adjusting, um, to the, to the time zone in Asia. Um, it's, it's pretty quick and easy, but I know everybody works differently. So mm. what I have found in, from what a lot of people I've talked to, you know, either when you jump on the plane, um, that's why I also like to take overnight flights. Cause then you, you're already in that mind frame of going to sleep. And then mm. by the time you land, it's morning. Mm. So your body can adjust quicker. So if you can take an overnight flight, that's great. If not, you know, try to sleep, uh, maybe the last six or seven hours, like try to figure out a good balance of when you can get some sleep, but don't sleep the entire flight. Mm. Um, other tips I've heard are, you know, don't eat on the plane, just snack, don't have full meals. Yeah. Um, because then that throws off one of your three or four rhythms that you need to be in sync. Um, so your stomach is thinking, oh, it's time to eat, or you're tricking your stomach to think it's time to eat, when yeah. really your mind's like, no, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, you don't need to be eating dinner. Um, so everyone is affected by that differently. So if you can, you know, take an overnight flight, um, figure out your sleeping schedule, what works best, um, and then uh, you know figure out your your eating cycle and mm. if you can do more snacking or, you know, have, um, uh, smaller portions. So it's not a full meal. Um, so your body doesn't get thrown off that way as well. Yeah. So, yeah so that's, that's good advice. I find that on the works because I mean, if you stick to your, uh, the, the rhythm of the plate, the time zone where you came from, you end up sort of waking up two in the morning in the hotel room hungry and you're like, Oh, like, this is crazy. You're not, you can't go back to sleep because you're starving because your body thinks it's uh, time to eat dinner, right? So, yeah, that's one. So I also found that I don't know if this is uh, something you've ever tried, but I find taking melatonin, like, yeah, works. I've heard that as well. Yeah. I mean, if you're sort of one, you're lying at three in the morning in your bed in the hotel room thinking, I can't go to sleep, that does the trick. But it, it's sort of, it's country by country. I don't think you can get it in some countries now. It's a little yeah. bit suspect. I don't know. It's a bit of a, a risk. I don't know the long-term effects of that stuff, but it, hey, it gets you through the week at least. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, you, everyone has to find what works for them. Um, you know, for, for us, I think our, our tips and tricks will work for some, and, and for others, they'll kind of have to find a balance. But, um, you know, if you're traveling cross-border, just, just be mindful. Like, well, we're doing um, one of our, our trips where we're working with, you know, entrepreneurs and bringing them over to Asia or vice versa, that's some of the advice we give is say, Hey, you know, you're going to be traveling probably for anywhere from 15 to 20, maybe 24 hours, right. Depending on where you're flying from, um, you'll be prepared. Here are some tips of, of what to do. Make sure you get plenty of rest or not so much. Um, when you land, uh, you know, try to be, be active and, and stay on your regular schedule. Um, but just be prepared that you may be awake. And if you're that kind of person, you know, adjust and it happens to everybody. But if you can like try to find out what works best and, and just uh, build into it. So what, let's talk about what you're looking forward to coming over to Asia this time. Obviously meeting me at the airport in Hong Kong as well. Oh my thing. gosh. Hundred percent. That is going to be fun. We've got to do. A, we, we have to do a broadcast, but let's let's talk about that in a minute. But generally, heading to Hong Kong, I know you love the airport, so you must be excited about that. But what do you what do you look forward to when you come to Asia? What sort of gets you excited? You, I, you know, I think first and foremost, it's the energy. Um, you know, you have different cities around the world have 
uh, an energy and a pulse that you just kind of fall into. Um, you know, New York, Las Vegas, um, London, Paris, LA, San Francisco, Tokyo, um, you know, name a, a big city and, and people will say that there's some kind of energy around it. Mm-hmm. And I think with Hong Kong, um, it's, it's an energy that just hits you the moment you get off the plane. Energy is flowing. People are moving. Things are going. You are just amped up to do anything you want. Um, uh, you feel on top of the world, which is an amazing feeling to kind of start the day with. Um, and not to discredit any other city, but to your question, that's one thing I'm excited about is that energy, that, that um, rapid pace. Uh, outside of that, it's this conference. Um, I love the Startup Launchpad conference. I've had this chance to speak at it in the past, and I just absolutely enjoy it. It's one of my favorite, if not my favorite conference in, uh, in Asia as of right now. And getting a chance to meet with some, some local startups, and by local, I mean those who have come from around the world to be at this event, hmm. um, and getting the chance to see some of the new technologies and innovations around um, and, and what kind of what's happening in, in other places, you know, it's not often that we get a chance to see such massive amount of, of innovation in one space. I mean, 200 plus companies, they're all going to be doing different things. Um, they're gonna be coming from different areas and getting a chance to see that, mm. um, is, is pretty phenomenal. And then, you know, getting a chance to see our startups, um, that I've been working with for, for quite some time and, just getting back, getting into the community and saying hi and uh, getting a chance to chat with some great people and keep really, you know, preaching this idea and mindset of, you know, cross border business life and how we can all work together and support, um, what we're all doing in these countries and help the ecosystems locally, but also, how we can help people globally. It's pretty full on, isn't it? So yeah. did you have your your schedule worked out, mapped out minute by minute? I mean, how sort of tight, like, tightly defined are you with that? Because I mean, this sort of varies person by person, but a lot of people ask, like, how do I make the most use of my time going to a big conference like that? I mean, how do you do it? How do you play it? So, so I might be the worst person to ask that question to <laughs> because usually I go in with, you know, uh, a light schedule so I could fill in. And by the time I land, I have no time left. Right. It's, it's fascinating how that happens. And I am not saying that in a bragging way. It's just happens. Um, but when I do go to big conferences, I like to, um, absolutely set meetings in advance. Um, I like to leave wiggle room, uh, and flexibility for those meetings to run over, get canceled, you know, other meetings get put in place. Mm. And then I like to set aside, some free time where I won't book any meetings. Like, um, you know, let's say, so Monday through Friday, um, maybe Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning, um, I won't have any meetings set, knowing that I can meet people at the event and use that time to to slot them in, um, versus having an entirely packed schedule where I have no room yeah, yeah. Yeah. for anybody that I meet. Um, so yeah, so, you know, get a few few solid meetings that you can't miss booked, um, build a little flexible time in. So if you think the meeting is going to be an hour and a half, book it. If it's only 30 minutes, it's only 45 minutes, take that as a blessing where you can meet somebody else. You can see the show, you can eat lunch, um, as we, we've talked about. Or right, right. Yeah, uh, right. That's optional. It's optional. Remember? It's optional. You know, always pack a, uh, you know, snacks just in case. But then, um, 
yeah, leave yourself, leave yourself some time for flexibility yeah. and, and for those who you might meet, like, uh, you know, you and I, I mean, usually that, that first thing in the morning, I, uh, plan out my day, mm. uh, or I head right to the city and I kind of get situated. Um, I don't normally plan anything for that. You and I talked, you're going to be there. Now I can slot you in and, and now I have that time. I've earned uh, it. Elegant. Yeah. So I mean, special. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, I mean, one thing I found when, I, when I'm going to large conferences and these sort of, you know, these week long mega expos is that it's important to find a base as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a physical location where you can touch base. And because if you if you have a lot of meetings all over the place, then it can really not just tire you out, but it's not time efficient as well. Because, you know, if you're traveling between meetings, you're trying to find places. What, what you think is easy. At the time, when you look at uh, an expo floor plan, when it actually turns into the real deal with you know fifty thousand people milling around, it's actually really really hard. So finding that base, where have you camped out? Have you already decided on that? Have you got any advice for people heading to that conference of where a good base would be? Yeah. So if you're at the conference, uh, so the Startup Launchpad conference, it's in the Asia World Expo at the airport or right next to the airport. So it's a ginormous place. And as we talked about, this is a 60,000-person conference. Startup Launchpad itself is an entire hall. There is a lot happening here. Um, so what you want to do is, is find a spot um, in some of the kind of tucked away areas if you need privacy. So there's uh, Starbucks, there's small cafes, there's small restaurants that are perfect for those. And they have meeting rooms that you can book as well. Um, if not, uh, and you're trying to find a good place to meet, always have people meet you at the main stage. Mm. Um, it's one of the easiest places to find. There's tons of signage. There's lights. There's noise. It's an easy place to say, hey, 11 o'clock, meet at the main stage. You see the person you need to, grab them and go find uh, a quiet place. Um, or if you don't need it, you can just take the meeting right there. But usually they have kind of seating areas or places that you can you can take those meetings so for me i'll be camping out there when i'm at the conference and then when i'm in the city uh there's a few different places so there's several co-working spaces um you know which you can check out there's um paperclip there's uh brink um they just opened up a, a co-working space there's um uh, Cyberport, there's um, WeWork, depending on what part of your the city you have to be in or you want to be in, you'll choose the best. Um, the Hive, if you're in Kennedy Town. Um, so there's places like this all around town, and you need to find the one that's best to where you're going to be based, uh, to what you said. Or, in central of everything, the IFC shopping mall. It's got multiple... Uh, Starbucks, it's got plenty of ways. Wow. Places Let's take it. That, that's a long shot, that one. Oh my gosh, I have more meetings there you can imagine because everyone's coming in and out. It's where right, the train right. comes in. Yeah, It's all great. If not there, uh, the other place I can recommend, um, which I am a member of, so just to be transparent, is Meta. Mm. Uh, so M-E-T-T-A. Uh, it's an amazing place um, that has been a heartbeat and pulse for the Hong Kong ecosystem for yeah, yeah. a couple of years now, and it's right in central as well. But find where it works for you. Where are you going to be at the city? If you need recommendations, don't hesitate to reach out, and uh, happy to give you some and 
and connect you with places. Yeah, I mean, that's great advice. Is find mm-hmm. that base and, you know, it's so important because it, it, even though you have four or five days at an event like this, it's kind of easy to turn up with little planning and the whole mm-hmm. four or five days just to disappear before your eyes, isn't it? And you sort of come home oh in the blur. I mean, you know, with the late nights and the, the networking mm-hmm. and, you know, looking at all the different exhibitions and the booths and so on, you feel like you're doing something useful, but ultimately you can come away with very little. You yeah. know, I think that's the challenge, isn't it? And you, you sort of look back and think, wow, that was really a once in a, a year opportunity and I blew it. It's, it. It is. And that's the thing. When you, when you go to the conferences and, you know, this is, all these tips are, you know, all valuable, but I think it all sums up is to maximize your time. If you're going to go to an expo, you're going to go to an event, doesn't matter who, what, when, where, maximize your time on the ground because you, your time is finite. You only have so much energy um, and only so much to give. So try to make the most of it while you're there so that when you do get home, or when you do go away at the end of the conference, you look back and you say, yeah, I, I got what I needed. Maybe I could have taken one or two more meetings, but you know what? I'm happy. I got, I got what I needed. Job done. That's the job. Hmm? Yeah. Hong Kong airport, April 9th. What are we going to do? We're, so we, we are roughly scheduled, penciled in to meet at the airport. Are we yeah. going to do a, are we going to do a podcast there? Can we knock one out? We can, can't we? Are we going to be oh. in sort of podcast mood? Are you going to be absolutely in the zone? I will be in the zone and you know what? If any of the listeners are going to be at the airport as well, <laughs> coming in for the conference, you should reach out to us. Right. Uh either Graham or myself and maybe yeah. we can do a live podcast and just Come on the show, say hello, give a few points, tips and tricks, give a shout out for your company. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, tell us what you're doing in, in Hong Kong and we'll uh, we'll throw it on the show. It'll that, be a special edition. That will be so much fun. It's like yeah. a, mini, a mini flash mob in Hong Kong airport. Get all these, uh, yeah, because I mean, there'll be a lot of people coming in that day for that conference, right? I imagine yeah. the footfall yeah, in it, Hong Kong airport's going to be pretty high that day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, our show is going to be great. We're definitely going to do it no matter how early in the morning. We'll be enthusiastic and ready to rock. Yeah, ready to rock. So, hey, listen, I've got homework now. I'm going to go away and work out my <laughs> flight schedules because you're already booked in. So I'm going to try and work Same. around that, see if I can get something out of Tokyo. I'm not sure. I mean, it's 50-50 because I'm not sure about the morning flights from Tokyo, how that works. So. Yeah, let me let me let me have a look, and I'll we'll get work back. it out. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll work try it out. to make it happen. Yeah, try to make it happen. Awesome, Carl. Been great speaking to you. I'm so excited about this, and also future episodes of Cross Border Carl. There's a lot coming, so lots. Yeah, yep. Stay tuned. Carl's going to be going on his own, flying solo, and doing some interviews with Ooh. people. Uh, you, so, you, you could probably so get some minute. Yeah, no, you could. You'll, <laughs> you'll be absolutely fine. This is this is not sort of. Uh, I don't think this is new territory for you, but you know, I don't think you're a, you're, you're going to flunk it. You've got plenty of people out there going to that conference as well. So there's plenty of people that you could start interviewing right there and then if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. And, and you know what? Um, I'll throw this out there too, because you know, we, we've talked about in our last episode and, and mentioning again, um, we are going to start bringing people on uh, the show to start interviewing them and hearing their stories about 
doing business cross borders, some of the lessons yeah. learned, um, you know, from the ground up. So who are, you know, the, what they learned about the local culture, how they integrated or may not have, um, what they wish they would have done differently or what they did do to make themselves successful and really talk about the lessons learned from the culture to uh, building a business, to travel, um, to technology and, and everything in between to give people a sense and an idea of, of how to be successful in these new emerging markets around the world. But I will throw this out there because this conference is going to be happening. Um, I'm going to be there. You and I are doing a fun kickoff show. I will do an additional one, uh, one show at the conference. Um, anybody that wants to join, uh, again, come join me at the actual conference. We'll throw something out on social media so everyone knows, and you can come visit me, tell me a little bit about your story, what's happening and why you're at the show and what made you want to come from around the world to Hong Kong uh, and what is getting you excited about Asia and why does Asia matter? You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.